Welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. I am Lisa, and here with me is Miguel. And today we're going to be discussing sexual harassment. So if you are one of our listeners here in the United States, then you may have been hearing this term a lot in the news lately uh, regarding some recent allegations against a political figure. But regardless, we know that this term does come up in a variety of different spaces. And sadly, we know that sexual harassment in the U.S. is really common abroad as well. It's very common. Statistically, we know that nationwide here, 81% of women and 43% of men reported experiencing some form of sexual harassment in their lifetime. And I kind of highlighted the word reported because we know that although that's only the individuals that came forward, this could be happening more prevalent than that. And although we know this is a really common issue, this term is thrown around and used quite a lot, um, it's really important for us today to really define these different types of sexual harassment and also provide some examples and insight for what it could look or sound like. So we'll also be sharing out how sexual harassment can cause different mental, emotional, or physical effects and what we can do if we experience or witness harassment. Yeah, so I feel like before we dive in and start talking about sexual harassment, I feel like it's important to kind of define sexual harassment. So sexual harassment includes but is not limited to any unwelcome sexual advances, unwanted requests for sexual favors, or any other unwanted verbal, visual, or physical conduct of a sexual nature, regardless of whether or not the conduct is motivated by sexual desire. Uh, Sexual harassment can occur anywhere, although many of the cases we hear about commonly occur in the workplace or in educational settings. And I feel like it's important to kind of talk about that it's it can happen anywhere. You know, it's like yeah. I said, it, it can happen more commonly in the workplace and educational settings. But I feel like that's because that's somewhere where you spend a lot of time. But mm-hmm. I feel like you can walk down the street, the grocery store, anywhere. So, like I said, um, there's a lot of terminology and definitions behind harassment. But we know that, like I was saying, it can happen in other spaces. I, as a man, don't really, I feel like I have experienced some sort of sexual harassment, but I have a lot of friends that are girls, that are women, and I hear their stories, and they tell me of, you can think of any place, everywhere they go, and it's Mm -hmm. always, it's more prevalent to their life than it is to mine, right? So they, and even when I'm around, when we go either, when we go to the store, you can, you can just see somebody, like, either say something, like, when they're checking out of the grocery store, or when they're, you know, just asking a question, like, you can just, I've heard little comments where I'm like, okay, that was a little, is it just me, or was that some sort of innuendo in there? Um, So I feel like it's, it's very common, and it happens everywhere. I mean, I feel like men experience it as well, but definitely women experience i feel like they experience it at a higher rate and just sure anywhere and everywhere mm-hmm. yeah i can second that absolutely <laughs> it does <laughs> and it can happen anywhere yeah and then so quickly before we go into examining the three types of sexual harassment i want to mention that the difference between sexual assault sexual harassment and sexual misconduct because i feel like we throw these words around but um the there's a difference in definition for, for sexual harassment, like I said before, it is unwanted, unwelcomed sexual advances and um, usually violates uh, civil laws such as someone's right to work or a study in non-hostile environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and sexual assault is a forced, non-consented sexual contact uh, that is criminal in nature, not just a civil rights violation. 
And when we hear this term sexual misconduct, this is not a legal term, but it usually refers to educational or workplace settings. And usually it's just defining the guidelines between the relationship between bosses and employees uh, being inappropriate or appropriate within a company. Like, you know, I feel like we've always heard that a manager shouldn't be dating um, somebody like below them or somebody that they're overseeing because it's just inappropriate. Yeah. Absolutely. And those are such important things to kind of distinguish between, right? Because again, a lot of these terms that we hear or, you know, we just don't really have the basis for understanding exactly what that means. Um, and if we're going to hear these terms a lot, it's just really important, right, to really know what we're talking about. Um, and so I'm really happy that we started off just distinguishing those and giving that definition of sexual harassment before we really dive into these three different types. But I also just wanted to quickly highlight and mention, because I feel like especially when I was educating um, at the high school, the middle school, this is a question I would get a lot. What's the difference between flirting and harassment right because essentially if we want to show someone we're interested if we want to date somebody i mean that's yeah typically a first step right is that flirting process and kind of getting to know someone and letting them know that in a way that you're interested in them right and so really when it comes to flirting um it it becomes harassment when it is non-consensual or think about again that definition right unwanted so maybe it's becoming harassment because maybe there's like non-consensual touching right maybe you're kind of grabbing after this person putting a hand on a knee wrapping your arm around them right and maybe this person is kind of cringing when you're doing that or maybe they are trying to scoot away from you when they put that hand on your knee or maybe they're actually physically removing your hand right from their body and saying like please don't touch me so maybe it also is you know someone feeling in entitled to someone else, maybe because of the relationship, maybe talking to them in a certain way that makes that person visibly or obviously uncomfortable, especially if it's, again, persistent, right? Because, I mean, another thing too, if we're going to flirt with someone, it's kind of like you're shooting your shot, right? It can go yeah. either way. And so it's really important that if it's, you know, something that someone has already kind of been not interested in or shown that they are a little bit uncomfortable with um, to take a step back, right? Because if we continue to do those things, then obviously that's going to mean harassment in a way, right? And so also, you know, if we're chasing someone down the street, cat calling, whistling at someone, this is, you know, a pretty big indicator that, you know, you're kind of going out of your way and maybe this person again is walking away or saying like, please stop. And lastly, if this person's using a position of power, um, you know, to really kind of leverage that, right, and be able to talk to someone in a certain way or maybe approach them or maybe make that physical contact because of that position of power. Let's say it is a boss or a supervisor. And so really we can usually tell by someone's response, right, if they're comfortable or uncomfortable. And so that's just a really big thing to think about, although there's a lot of gray area there. It really comes down to, like, is this person comfortable with what you're doing and if so great if not pretty good idea to take a step back right and not at least continue that behavior after maybe you did shoot your shot and so let's start examining these three different types of sexual harassment and so first and foremost we have verbal harassment which I think is really common I mean sadly they're all pretty common um, but yeah. I say personally for me as a woman the verbal harassment is something that happens quite a bit and so also keep in mind before we kind of go over these three types and the lists um, of all the different examples, just know this is not the be all end all of examples. This is kind of just the most common ones we see in here. 
And so verbal harassment can sound like making inappropriate jokes, remarks, uh, teasing someone, or asking sexually related questions to that person that are just unwanted and uncomfortable. Maybe repeatedly asking someone to go out with you or asking for unwelcome sexual advances or sexual favors. Maybe this person has you know, let you know they're not interested and this is continuing. Perhaps inquiring about sexual preference or history, especially maybe if this is in the workplace, right, between colleagues and this is just a really inappropriate thing to ask, something they're not okay discussing. It could sound like gossiping about someone, spreading lies about them. Perhaps using abusive language and offensive name calling as well can be a big one. I know that's something that happens quite a bit. You know, you think about that whole cat calling type of thing, right? You know, walking by a, a group of people and hearing really derogatory remarks. It could sound like commenting negatively about a person's clothing, body, or personal behavior, kind of just letting that person know um, verbally that like you're looking at them, right? That maybe you have different ideas or thoughts in your head or thoughts about who they are in their own body. It could sound like making inappropriate sounds such as kissing sounds, whistling, or lip smacking sounds, which I can say personally, it makes me the most uncomfortable out of anything on that list. Sending someone uh, sexual emails, notes, or letters. And lastly, verbal attack. So for instance, maybe you're arguing with someone and they start using really threatening, discriminatory, or demeaning words for that person. And I feel like with verbal, especially in the workplace or just anywhere where you're, where people can hear you, you don't necessarily have to tell the other person. I mean, mm -hmm. if somebody can hear these comments or these whatever you're saying, I mean, that's a considered sexual harassment, even though it wasn't towards that yeah. person, just because, I mean, they're hearing it, they're around it. And if they're feeling uncomfortable, right. you know, that's an indicator that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be saying that at work or and just anywhere. Because I feel like it's when somebody feels uncomfortable, that's when you've kind of crossed that line. Absolutely. So up next, we have visual harassment. Uh, some examples of this is exposing any private parts. So flashing somebody, um, again, the unwanted of seeing anybody's private parts. I feel like we all have a choice. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're just flashing it in people's faces, that's, you know, that's visual harassment. Sending sexual images or videos to another person. Again, if that person didn't ask for any of those videos or pictures, then that's visual harassment. And I feel like nowadays that's a little bit more... I guess easier because there's so many social media you don't have to like send it through yeah the mailbox you can just literally you know you snap it you TikTok it you twitter mm -hmm. i mean you can do it so instantly and that's still i mean you can send pornographic videos now online so it's just everything is right. so accessible with the with social media and social websites that you can do that at an instant moment so if that person was not aware of you sending this type of stuff you know that's that's a sort of visual harassment mm -hmm. Unwelcome gestures to another person that are sexual in nature, you know, pretending to grope private areas or sexually uh, uh, suggestive gestures. So, um, again, these gestures are just not wanted. So that's another way of harassing somebody. Uh, staring at someone else's body offensively, making that person feel uncomfortable. Eyeing someone up and down, licking your lips. I feel like when you see, when you watch movies, it's more of a common like a okay thing to do i feel like because it's just like right. your way of kind of people take it as flirting but i mean if you're making the other person feel uncomfortable i mean that's not flirting you're kind of crossing that line where it's becoming harassment and and some people keep continue to do it you know even though they keep turning away they keep on doing it and that's when you and when you're persisting on this that's when it turns into harassing somebody 
Exactly. There's definitely a line with that, right? Like a fine yes. line of giving someone a look or it just being really persistent and creepy for sure. Um, and then offensive pictures or images without their consent. Uh, so again, same with social media. I feel like you can have these pictures and if you're sending them out with that person's consent, it's that person's choice, right? You know, that consent mm -hmm. part that I feel like has a big part on when you're crossing the line and when you're not. Yeah. Displaying nasty messages or co content from a website, book, or magazine. So it doesn't necessarily have to be images. It can just be words. It can be pictures. It can be just something um, that is just not appropriate, I guess, mm -hmm. to somebody. So I just feel like it's it's good to highlight that it can just it can be messages. It can be notes. It can just that can also be visual. It doesn't have to necessarily be a picture or a video for it to be visual harassment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one important thing just before we go into this third type of sexual harassment, it's just, you know, we keep echoing the same thing. It's unwanted, it's persistent, mm -hmm. and it's making that person uncomfortable. And I think that's a really good thing for our listeners to keep in mind, right, as we're yeah, going yeah. through these. And so lastly, we have physical harassment. And this can get a little bit tricky, right? Just thinking about assaults versus harassment because sometimes these things really, you know, work in tandem um, and are defined kind of under the same umbrella. And so examples of physical harassment can include inappropriately touching or grabbing someone. So maybe this isn't an, an assaultive way, right? Maybe there's no private areas of the body being touched, but maybe there is, you know, massaging or tickling going on, coming up and, you know, kind of rubbing on someone's shoulders, doing any of those kind of things, making that physical contact. And it could still imply, right? Um, you know, it's, maybe it does have a sexual undertone, maybe it does not, but either way, just grabbing at someone's body in any way that's unwanted is an issue, right? So deliberately brushing or rubbing your body against someone. And I'll quickly mention that when I was at the middle school, um, there was kind of a, a little issue with this. There was a lot of, you know, um, allegations kind of coming forward that there was one hallway at the end of the school day that everyone, you know, would go down the same hallway to go to the front office. And so, of course, it was so crowded, right? It's kids getting out of school at the end of the day. So it's like a, a herd of kids just like pushing to the front entrance, right, to get home. And so, you know, there became a lot of allegations that people were saying that, you know, people are kind of grabbing or like really rubbing up against me, you know, and the hallway, I don't think it's just them bumping into me. Um, and yeah, this became kind of a thing because it was persistent. Um, and, you know, after looking into it, there was, you know, pretty clearly there was a lot of examples going on of, yes, yeah, somebody and a couple people really kind of taking advantage, right, of that closed space and thinking, oh, I can get away with it. You know, we're all bumping into yeah. each other. Um, but, yeah, really taking that moment to kind of grab on other people or rub up against other people pretty inappropriately. And it became, again, it wasn't accidental. It was very um, noticeably apparent, right, that that was happening. And so another example could be blocking someone else's movements. So kind of pinning them up against the wall, right? Maybe and it's, it's funny if anyone out there is a Disney fan or a Beauty and the Beast fan. I remember it, <laughs> this stuck in my head as a child, right? But in the original Beauty and the Beast cartoon, um, you know, of course, there's the character Gaston, who's this big toxic masculine kind of guy. He's always after Belle and she's really just the entire time, you know, kind of showing with nonverbals and verbal cues in every way that she's not interested. And I remember there's one scene where he unannounced comes to her home 
comes right into her home. She's immediately uncomfortable. He's, you know, like asking her to go out, all these things. She's turning him down. And at one point, she's kind of with her back up against the wall because he's getting a little bit persistent and in her face and making her uncomfortable. And so he puts a hand on either side of her, right, as she's up against that wall, kind of like so she can't move. Like she was kind of, you know, like in not pinned he wasn't physically pushing her but just having his arm on either side of her she felt a yeah. little bit trapped right and so that could be a really good example of that because obviously in that moment i mean if you're like kind of pinning someone to the wall or <laughs> making sure they can't physically yeah. leave that space i mean pretty good indicator they may not want to be there right if you have to like physically keep them there uh, so another example is kissing or hugging someone inappropriately of course and then lastly, any unwelcome touching of another person's hair, clothes, or body. So maybe, you know, saying like, oh, that's a really cute outfit and taking that opportunity to kind of like grab and touch someone's shirt or their skirts, or maybe kind of touching on someone's hair, right? And kind of like stroking their hair when that's unwanted, which that makes me cringe just thinking about it. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of us can sit and imagine hearing a lot of these examples, right? Not just the physical, but the verbal, the visual. I think, you know, there's probably a lot of listeners, unfortunately, out there that have been through a lot of these things, right? And can imagine that feeling of, you know, even though, again, even though this isn't assault, um, it's still a huge deal, right? We know there's a lot of effects. It causes a lot of different emotional effects for someone that's going through this, right? And so to really jump into that, we're going to start talking about some of these effects. And so let's start off with some of the emotional effects, right, of someone who's being harassed either, again, you know, maybe one or two times or if this is persistent. Some of the biggest emotional effects that can come out of this is possibly anger, right? I can imagine I've been there before when it becomes really frustrating, right, when you kind of can't get away from something or someone or this unwelcome detention. There could be a lot of fear, right? So uh, centered around seeing this person and what's gonna happen next and you know, knowing that that uncomfortable anxiety is gonna come up for you. There could be humiliation. Again, just like Miguel was talking about earlier, right? If this is happening, let's say at work and other people are hearing it, right? That could be a really humiliating thing for someone to experience. There could be shame or guilt, right, for this going on, especially if this person feels like they are not able to stop that person from continuing with this behavior. Perhaps betrayal, uh, you know, because maybe you know this person as well. Maybe this is a friend of yours or was a friend of yours, right, and they've started to kind of cross that line. So betrayal can definitely be a big emotion that comes out of it violation and I think that just makes sense you know we're talking about non-consented you know touching or just inappropriate things and also powerlessness and loss of control because in a lot of ways that that's what it feels like right if you really just feel like again you can't get away from this if there's a certain situation um, that you just are not able to in a way you know you're feeling like almost like you can't protect yourself from it which is not the case right it's the other person and their behavior but yeah it can cause a lot of feelings of powerlessness right and that you don't have control especially if you're like kind of if this has happened at work or at school you know places where you kind of if school is a big thing for you you know you you have to go to school you have to work like you have to do these things yeah. and that's where it's happening so i mean i can feel i can see how that can make you feel powerless you know that knowing that you have to be there but you're just yeah. gonna it's just like a horrible, you know, moment to be in when you do go to work or when you do go to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if it's a person in your class, right, and you can't switch classes, or if it's a supervisor or someone on your work shift, mm -hmm. and it's just there's no way to kind of get around that, right? So absolutely. 
And so also there is, you know, we know some physical effects that can come out of this as well. So obviously increased stress levels, right? Again, just dealing with this either on a daily basis or frequently can absolutely cause that anxiety, that stress. There could be other what we call somatoform disorders. So kind of your stress manifesting, right? And having other ailments or, you know, pains throughout your body. So maybe you're getting headaches from this, right? From dealing with the stress. Maybe there's fatigue, uh, possibly sleep disturbances and also eating disturbances as well. Because again, you know, if your body is dealing with a high amount of stress at all times, maybe you're kind of in that survival mode, which we speak to a lot, right? Kind of having to protect yourself or feel like you need to at all times um, yeah that stress is really gonna you know spill over into a lot of other areas with sleep with eating you know and just with your overall health yeah I think it's good how you said survival mode because I feel like when you're in survival mode you do whatever is necessary to kind of get through the day and I feel like sexual harassment or just this any sort of harassment is big and it, it is a big deal because it causes all these changes within your body so if it can do that I mean, it's 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 a lot. It's bigger yeah. than most people think. You know, it's not just the one little comment here and there. It's right. you're feeling uncomfortable all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And to finish this up, some of the mental health effects commonly see are um, anxiety. You know, just be, being anxious of what's going to happen next. Is this person going to be here today? What is he mm -hmm. going? What are they going to say? Um, depression because you can't really. Sometimes you may not be able to do much. Because if it's at work, at school, wherever it's at, you know, it just kind of brings you down. Mm -hmm. um, panic attacks, again, kind of connected with anxiety as well. You know, just waiting for what's going to happen next. And just because you're so, you know, hypervigilant and stuff like that, you're just kind of, you do get panic attacks when you're in that sort of survival instinct. Um, mm -hmm. PTSD, difficulty concentrating, loss of motivation, substance abuse, you know, you're finding different ways to kind of cope with whatever is going on. So I feel like that's, you know, that's a good indicator there that, you know, people, they sometimes have unhealthy ways to cope and substance abuse can be one of them. Um, mm -hmm. And then suicidal ideation as well. You know, just if you feel if you're feeling powerless and hopeless that nobody's going to help you or that there's no way for for this to stop, then I feel like that can kind of start these, you know, these thoughts of suicide. So yeah, and especially just, you know, thinking about maybe the prevalence of it, right? The pervasiveness yeah. or what is going on for that person. Um, yeah, because I like how you mentioned, too, you know, some people may write this off, right? Like, oh, it was just a little comment I said mm -hmm. to them. Or, oh, you know what? It was just this little, like, tickle. Like, what's the big deal that I, you know, brushed by their hair? What's the big deal that I just said this? It was supposed to be a joke. It was supposed to be funny. But it's really, really important for our listeners out there to understand that um, it's not a joke, for people right like if someone's going through these kinds of things you know they're not taking it as a joke they're making that person uncomfortable and if you're making someone continually uncomfortable and that's probably going to begin to change their day right i know in times where i've experienced this um mm -hmm. you know i've made adjustments in my life like for instance there was one grocery store um i won't mention which one <laughs> but i had gone and this was like after the gym so it was kind of like later on at night but i was going to the the grocery store around like 8 30 9 o'clock and there was like two different um, times in a row where I went to the store and both times I had really creepy incidents where, you know, someone would approach me in one of the aisles, say something uncomfortable to me um, or be like, you know, kind of that route of like, oh, hey, baby, how are you doing? And I'm kind of mm -hmm. like, uh, ew, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and there was two times where after that, you know, these people kind of got mad right that i didn't kind of accept that advance from them um and i had two different in instances where these people followed me 
to my car and the whole time they were following to my car they're asking like oh yeah. hey where are you going you know oh girl you didn't give me your number yet you know where are you off to who Thank are you God. cooking dinner for tonight right and so yeah so to say that i stopped going to that grocery store pretty quick is yeah the case and it was a bummer because it was really close to my house but it was like unfortunately i was just so uncomfortable that it was like i'd rather go out of my way i'd rather drive 15 minutes down the road instead of five just to avoid this happening right and again someone can hear that and be like well not a big deal you went to a different grocery store but thinking about you know all of this in context you know if someone is really changing their daily life and again in the mm -hmm. survival mode and dealing with stress and anxiety and especially for women as well right there's like i feel like there's always this low threshold of threat where mm -hmm. sometimes it's it's you know, you're just fearful about different situations or if someone approaches you, like you just never know what can happen. And so even if it is, you know, a quote unquote little remark or just this little instance, you know, it can just bring up a lot for people, right? And really make you feel like your safety and your comfortability is really challenged, right? And so, yeah, it has a lot of different effects on people. So please listeners out there, please heed that, you know, please really, I hope that really sinks in for a lot of people that it's not, um, it's not not a big deal if these things mm -hmm. go on, right? And so lastly, we're going to kind of talk about, you know, what we can do if we witness this. Because again, we know it's common. We see it even if it's, you know, not us personally experiencing it. We can hear it. We can see it out in public and private spaces such as work or school. And so here are some kind of... Um, you know, different routes we can take, right? If we see this happening, we did want to step in. And of course, all these things should be done with your safety first and foremost, um, just kind of at the forefront of this decision-making, right? And so the first thing we can do is sometimes create a distraction. So if we maybe are overhearing a conversation that, you know, we know is making someone uncomfortable or see something going on that's a little bit pervasive, maybe it's like in a physical nature, right? Like touching or grabbing something like that, trying to create a distraction, right? Try to kind of interrupt what's happening um, or interrupt that person, right? From continuing that behavior towards someone else. But of course, without putting yourself in danger, right? Especially if this person seems like they could become violent, you may not want to draw that attention. But if we feel like this is something that we can kind of step in on and just distract, right? Change a conversation or just, you know, even go up to that person that's being harassed and be like, oh, hey, can you help me over here for five minutes? Or, you know, oh, hey, it's time to go, right? Like even just pretending they're your friend and just being like, oh, yeah. hey, we're supposed to leave, you know, like, let's go, girl. Like, let's get out of here. Doing things like that, right, could really make a world of difference. But again, make sure you keep your safety in mind another thing we can do is just really ask directly right so if we know or have witnessed someone that is being harassed either one time or continuously maybe you know just talking directly with them right and just asking them you know if things are okay um, you know do you want someone to accompany them you know next time you have to walk to that class and that person's gonna be outside and maybe is gonna harass you like do you want someone to walk with you um, you know do you want me to walk to your car with you at night will that make you feel better you know something like that just to offer that support to that individual if this is in a school or workplace setting, you can always refer to an authority. So, and that's usually one of the safest ways to intervene, right? Is kind of getting someone else involved. Um, so yeah, maybe, you know, you can bring that person to the authority figure uh, or to another employee. Maybe there's a security guard, right? If this is happening at school that, yeah, that security guard can walk with you, right? Or make sure that when you get to your car at night or, you know, walking to your dorm at night that you're gonna be secure. 
And lastly, enlist others. So we know it can be really hard to step in alone. Um, there's a lot of bystander intervention um, statistics out there, research studies. And sometimes, yeah, it's really hard to be like that one lonely person that's kind of speaking out, right, or stepping up. Um, and so especially if you're worried about your own safety uh, or if you don't think you'll be able to really, you know, help someone else that maybe is experiencing this on your own, probably a good idea, right? Try to enlist the help of a friend or maybe another bystander that's kind of in that situation alongside of you. Yeah, I like how you said refer to authority because I feel like um, even if you do create a distraction and you do other stuff, I feel like it's always good to, you know, to tell somebody, especially if this is at work or at school, just because yeah. you never know who else this person may be harassing because sometimes these people just harass, like that's just who they, they keep on harassing and harassing until somebody says something and they either, you know, get told something at work or at school, you know, so I feel mm -hmm. like they're, I feel like people need to be held accountable for their actions. So I yeah. always think, you know, referring to an authority is always a good thing, even after you intervene yourself, just kind of reporting that and just saying it's not okay. Yeah, who knows if this is just a learned behavior, right? Because again, yeah, we've yeah. chatted about how media puts out so many misconceptions, Mis right? Mm -hmm. And kind of damaging misconceptions of what flirting is, what dating is. Yeah. So yeah, it could be maybe their first lesson at understanding like, oh, wow, I didn't, I thought this was just what flirting was, or I thought this yeah. is how yeah. you got a guy or how you got a girl. And so, yeah. you know, that could be a big wake up call for them. Absolutely. And it is important to also keep in mind that there is so much information out there. There are, there were only a small list of examples we gave out today, but just keep in mind that we are going to link a lot of resources below, including some really good TED Talks that can dive into personal experiences and provide a lot of insight and a lot of other informational articles as well. So please click on those down in the description. Just get more informed. You know, TED Talks, I love TED Talks. They're always very interesting. So, you know, if you're more of a video watcher, you know, watch a TED Talk or two and you know, just get informed, you know, and then next time you're in a situation like this, you're able, you'll, be, you'll feel more equipped, I guess. I feel like knowledge is power and just mm -hmm. knowing more can kind of help you, you know, feel more comfortable with intervening, you know, when you see this happening around you. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to have some really great resources in the description. So we encourage everyone to really dive in, really check that out. But yeah, we're really happy before we move into our meditation. I'm just really thrilled because again, I feel like this is a term that is so common, but might not be mm -hmm. commonly understood. And again, like you said, knowledge is power, right? So maybe this is a big first step for a lot of people. Maybe it was even a big aha moment for a lot of, you know, individuals and especially women out there, right? Mm -hmm. To maybe think like, oh, wow, that happens to me all the time. And I didn't know, right, that, you know, how bad it was. Or maybe I didn't know that I could really define that as harassment. Or I didn't know that, you know, I have a right to kind of maybe tell someone about this, right, or discuss this or try to get some help from this. Um, so, yeah, so definitely check those, those videos out, those TED Talks. But we are going to move into our little meditation for the day. We're just going to do some simple breathing techniques. And so I just encourage everyone out there, if you want to participate in this meditation at the moment, if you're able to, just get yourself into a comfortable seated position. If you're sitting in a chair, maybe start to ground your feet into the floor. Really feel that connection. Feel that connection of maybe your legs and your seat, your back up against the chair. If your hands are on the tops of your thighs or on the arms of your chair, really feel rooted and feel that connection. 
And I want you to start taking slow, deep breaths in and out. And as you're taking these slow breaths, I want you just to start focusing on any part of your body that maybe is holding tension. So maybe you hold your stress in your neck and your shoulders or in your back and your hips. But I want you to start as you're taking these slow deep breaths in, sending that breath to that space. And with every exhale, allow that muscle or that area of your body to just let go a little further. Make your slow inhales the same length as your exhales. To deepen this breathing technique, after you inhale, you can hold for a count of two before you exhale. If you start to have any thoughts come up, just let them float by. Focus only on your inhales and your exhales. Know that this is your time and space to connect with yourself, to connect your breath with your body, and to provide any relief from any tension that you're experiencing. On your next inhale, I really want you to fill your lungs all the way. Deep breath in. And a big breath out. Take a deep breath in. Fill your lungs with some positivity. Exhale any anxiety. Take a deep breath in. Remind yourself you're perfect the way you are. Exhale any intrusive thoughts. Breathe in. Remind yourself that you are worthy. 
and exhale anything you need to let go of. Take one last big breath in and out. And you can slowly go back to your normal breathing. You can gently open your eyes back up into the room, make any little adjustments in your seat and your body to kind of wake yourself back up, roll your shoulders, roll your wrists and ankles. So I'm very happy for anyone who took the time today and really participated and gave themselves that little bit of self-care as we always do. But I also just want to thank our listeners. You know, we didn't dive in um, super deep on this topic today. We really wanted to kind of give an overview. This is something we can absolutely come back to. Uh, there's a lot more to discuss, but we really wanted to start today just providing this platform for understanding, right? So just giving out these true definitions, providing what this really looks and sounds like. And so again, we encourage you all to definitely check out the resources below. And we just want to thank everyone for listening in today, and we hope you will join us for our next conversation.